Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Listen to Scoopy Radio with Brendan Robinson. Scoopy Radio. We are live. Overtime. Heavy on live with Scoop B, which is broadcasting through Heavy's YouTube channel, Heavy on Patriots and Periscope. We're in the building with the one and only Marshall Falk. Marshall, what's going on, brother? Nothing much, man. Nothing much. Just, um, you know, enjoying enjoying the Monday, making sure it's the best Monday of my life. I know it. I know it. I, um, it I'm trying to make it the best Monday of my life, but this weekend has definitely been a drag uh, when you look at some of the deaths that have gone on. Chadwick Boseman, Clifford Robinson, and then today, uh, the late John Thompson, a legendary head coach of Georgetown. Did you know any of those guys? Um, Matt. Met Met Chadwick, um, uh, Met Met the legend, uh, Coach Thompson. Um, yeah, it's uh, and obviously you know um, any death, you know you take it you take it hard, but for a lot of guys, man, Coach Thompson touched a lot of a lot of a lot of young men. Man, sports people don't understand what sports uh, and how. Um, for a lot of us, coaches are um, to the guys who grow up fatherless, or for the, for the majority of us, um, a lot of guys there. Let's just say their 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 father maybe were incarcerated or wasn't around. That coach, that coach was like dad. And even for the ones who had a father, when you went to college, you went to Georgetown. He mm-hmm. was your extended father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, he meant so much, man. And I'm talking about a powerful man. I'm talking like just a forced, just a force. When you when you saw the stoic, um, that 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 guy standing when he stood up on the sideline, it, it was just impressive. The respect that he got from his players, and um, he is going to be missed, man. The first person I thought about uh, when that went down was Allen Iverson. We know the story of AI and, and mm-hmm. how he, you know, wasn't recruited. All that stuff that went on in his past and his mother showed up to John Thompson's 
place and begged him, please take my boy, please take my boy. Um, for you, who was that positive figure in your life as, as a coach, college, NFL career at large that, that you hold in high regard like John Thompson? Uh, so, so ironically, um, uh, my high school coach who, you know, being from New Orleans, uh, just, just sad, tragic, you know, this COVID took him away from us. Mm. Um, guy was married 50, 50 some odd years and, and you got to die alone mm-hmm. because, you know, you can't be with your family. Uh, just, just devastating that he, you know, we lost him. Um, probably the most, and I wouldn't say probably the most influential man in my life, as far as, um, uh, connecting sports and real life and showing me the parallels of, of being a good man and, and being a good athlete and how, how you told the same line, you know, and, um, I, I would have to say, you know, he's, he's that, he was that person for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, he took he took the the athlete um, and made me you know a football player. He made me I you know I played all sports, but he made me not just play the game of football, but understand and learn the game of football from a mental perspective at a young age. Mm-hmm. And it allowed me to go to college and and uh, and take those talents beyond college to the pros. And not be known as just a a guy that ran the football, but a guy that you thought about it, regardless of what position we put him at, he could possibly be good at this game. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and that, that was all being humble. You you being humble, uh MVP in two thousand, uh Super Bowl champion as you sip your coffee, uh seven time pro bowler. Um, brother, when I when COVID first hit. I can't hear you right now. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can't. This is like a, a Verizon commercial. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now, Marshall? Marshall, are you there? I still can't hear you. <laughs> are you sure? Okay. Brandon Scoopy Robinson here with Heavy Live with Scoop B. We're having some technical difficulties with Marshall Falk. He'll be back on in a minute. Uh, but this is an interview that I'm glad you all are joining in on a 2000 Super Bowl, or excuse me, a 2000 regular season MVP. Uh, this guy was a Super Bowl legend uh, with the St. Louis Rams, uh, playing with the legend Kurt Warner uh, in the game against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, this guy has a lot of records. Uh, three-time first-team All-Pro from 1999 uh, to 2001. Uh, was a seven-time Pro Bowler, as I mentioned. Uh, had his number 28 retired by the Rams. Heisman Trophy winner in 1992. Um, San Diego State Aztec legend. Uh, ran for over uh, 12,000 yards uh, during his NFL career. Uh, as he mentioned before, uh, is a New Orleans native. Uh, attended Carver High School in the city of New Orleans. Uh, and. Talked about his coach. We're going to have him on in a minute because I got some questions and I have some questions. Questions. Five foot ten, two hundred and eleven pound running back was the second pick in the nineteen ninety four NFL Draft Hall of Famer. We back, Marshall. What's up? Can you hear me? 
He can hear me, I think. Marshall, Marshall, are you there? Marshall, can you see me? Can you hear me? Hey, Juan. Can you hear me? Hold on one second. Can oh. you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can't. Hold on one second. Hold on one second, Juan. I can't hear you, B. Hold on one second. And I'm I'm good. Like I'm. Can you hear me? Yeah, I don't know why I can't hear you. Hold on one second. We're gonna make this work. Um, so yeah, we can't. We can't do nothing. So yeah, like we were saying, is we're trying to figure out this sound issue. Uh, Marshall Falk, second pick in the 1994 NFL draft, and. Uh, yeah, we are going to figure that out um, as we speak. Um, one of the things that I found interesting as we have, I'll, I'll I'll hop I'll hop on here while we uh, in case you need somebody to to yak with while we get Marshall. We've got uh, heavy senior. What is your title? You're managing. I, editor. I am the manager. I'm the pr I'm the producer of this show, <laughs> and I'm the managing editor of Heavy. Managing editor of Heavy. Ben Duty is on the line. Uh, ben, I'm tired from this Marshall, from this um, this John Thompson thing, man. It is really sad. Yeah, we were talking off air about, um, you know, if you grew up as Scoop and I both grew up in the '90s in the Northeast, being huge basketball fans, and there were just not very many people who were that big of a figure. I mean, from the '80s, I mean, really the '80s through the late '90s. Mm -hmm. um, and I grew up a UConn fan, um, <laughs> as is the case with most, I think, UConn fans my age. I've seen four UConn national championships. My favorite UConn game of all time by far is the 1996 Big East championship game at the Garden with Ray Allen for UConn, mm -hmm. AI for Georgetown. Um, back and forth game, um, a year in which I think UConn and Georgetown were both UConn was a one seed in the tournament. I think Georgetown was too, and um, and that was the first. That was UConn's first Big East tournament championship. But as a UConn fan, the fact that they went through Georgetown and John Thompson and AI to get there made it more special than if they just went through, you know, Providence or someone. No disrespect to Providence. Um, anyway, we'll. Um, I think I think whatever we had with Marshall is on on Marshall's end with the audio. Um, so we'll see if he can get that sorted out. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely want to get, uh, definitely want to get him back and we'll get, um, uh, we'll get his thoughts on a bunch of football stuff, obviously, including the Patriots quarterback situation, <laughs> uh, whether Cam, whether Cam is QB one for Bill Belichick, September 13th against, um, against the Dolphins um, and, and, and some other football thoughts in addition to uh uh, we guys are covering earlier. Um, let's see if um, let's see if we can get him back and uh, pop him back in and see if uh, Marshall's got his audio okay. And if uh, I, I hope this isn't the case, and the off chance we can't make that happen again, then we'll get we'll get Marshall on really soon. But let's uh, let's we're give speaking, it. We're, we're we're live here. We'll see what we can roll here. We will have Marshall on in, in a few minutes. Uh, believe you me. Um, okay. You want you want to get him in now, Scoop, or you think he still needs a minute? Um, I just sent a text. He should be coming back pretty soon. So we're just trying okay. to figure that out right now. All right. Gotcha. Um, yes, you know, meanwhile, not a ton of comments, but um, some people hopping in saying, um, giving Marshall props for being real. 
uh, not being a, a fake person, which is definitely uh, <laughs> one of the greatest of Marshall's work. Um, as uh, really one of the, um, granted, he's not the only person who's done this, but he's, um, Marshall, I, I think, is probably at the top of most people's list in terms of being a Hall of Fame player who turns into a really good analyst. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, plenty of people who are one but not the other. There are plenty, plenty of plenty of um, plenty of Hall of Famers who make terrible analysts, and plenty of people who didn't have a hell who were not NFL Hall of Famers who make good analysts. You know, <laughs> um, go back to UConn. My guy Dan Orlovsky has been a really, really good NFL analyst. Now he's getting a ton of airtime on ESPN. Dan played a decade in the NFL, which is a decade more scoop than you and I have. Um, but he was not a he was not a Hall of Fame player like Marshall Falk. So um, the fact that Marshall's been able to do both has been has been great. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, when I think of the NFL, and I think of um, you talked to us about us being child of the 90s. We can probably say that as grown men. Um, the, the, the names that stand out to me aren't just Marshall Falk. I think of Barry Sanders. I think of Emmett Smith. Um, I think of uh, even, to be honest with you, uh, Brian Westbrook, uh, his level of versatility. I remember uh, you know, being a college student uh, at Eastern University right outside of Philly and watching that team with Westbrook and Donovan McNabb and Terrell Owens and um, just marveling at the way that Westbrook was able to line on the field uh, in different ways, off the slot, you know, at, at the running back, traditional running back spot. Uh, and he can do so many different things. And since I was talking to Marshall, uh, I was thinking about just the level of versatility that stands out. And um, one of the people that I think, you know, can have that level of versatility in this era is the Dallas Cowboys' is Ezekiel Elliott, um, you know, who has been an impact player coming out the gate. Uh, you look at Saquon Barkley, same thing. You're seeing an era of just versatile running backs uh, that are able to do so many things with the football. I mean, I think that's the, just a sign of just uh, in in sports, athletes doing so many different things, right? In comparison to like basketball, you see guards or, or forwards who can do guard things. In the NFL, you're seeing you know running backs that that can do multiple things. And one person that I think about in that regard too that that I wish you know had a longer career uh, was Cordell Stewart. He could line up you know, at the quarterback position, he could play wide receiver. I remember during his days with the Patriots, um, you know, spelling Neil O'Donnell in certain situations. So um, I, I definitely think that Marshall Falk was ahead of his time. Um, and I think you're seeing some of today's players reminiscent of that, uh, who, who, who remind me of that. Um, we'll get, um, we'll get Jeff Smith on here, uh, depending on how Marshall's doing. Um, Jeff had a Jeff, who's our sports editor, has a good question in the comments. Keep the questions coming in the comments, by the way, and we'll we'll uh, we'll do our best to team up for Marshall when he's able to hop back on. And Jeff's question is: Is, is Cam the answer for the Patriots beyond the twenty twenty season? Um, as a Patriots fan, I think the answer is maybe, um, maybe hopefully. You know, I don't think Cam Newton's going to be the Patriots quarterback. I don't think he's going to be the Patriots quarterback like five years from now. Um, but I could see him being the Patriot quarterback in 2021, 2022, um, depending on how things play out this year. But I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty excited about about this. I think most Patriot fans I've talked to feel the same way, which is we don't know how things are going to look with Cam, but we feel 
we feel like the chances the Patriots make a deep playoff run here, I'll take him with Cam Newton under center rather than Jared Stidham under center for sure. Um, see, uh, see where we have it. Um, let's see. Um, let's pop. Let's. I'll tell you what. While, while we uh, while we filibuster here and wait for Marshall, let's. Uh, we'll try to get Marshall on in just a second. We'll bring on uh, Jeff Smith with his heavy hat, um, hey sports editor of Heavy. Um, hey Jeff, into the mix here. Jeff, good hey about go wherever you want with this, but good question about Cam. What's your answer to that question on whether Cam is going to be a Patriot? Is going to be a, a major part of the Patriots beyond this year. Well, see, since I'm, since I'm from North Carolina, I've, I've seen the, the Cam Newton show here, and <clears throat> one thing I'll tell you is an angry Cam Newton is a is a different Cam Newton. He's He's uh, he's motivated. He's going to be hungry. It's going to be fun to watch him this year. I think he, uh, I think he could be in for a really really big season. And I think it would make sense for the Patriots to lock him up for the long term. But I think a lot of that will come down to the, the confidence in Stidham. Obviously, like if he if he comes out and they think there's actually a chance that you know he could be the future, then they may not delay that all that long. You'd assume, right? So I think it'll be interesting. But it's going to be fun to watch. Cam 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 with the Patriots is. Is pretty much perfect. It's about all you could hope for as an NFL fan, I guess. Even if you don't like the Patriots. Yeah, it was going to be interesting. The post Brady era was going to be interesting with Jarrett Stidham or Brian Hoyer under center, but this is another level of interesting. Um, yep. So we're going to see Patriots Dolphins, Tua against Cam, September thirteenth. Um, yeah, huh. that's going to be fun. Um, it's going to be a good time. I think uh, I'm interested to see how that plays out. There's a lot of interesting quarterback situations in the NFL, obviously. I mean, you read a lot about Joe Burrow and kind of how he's been up and down kind of through camp. There's been really good, and then there's been some kind of bad, but it's tough to tell. I mean, there's a lot of these young guys are, are really going to be hit or miss, I think, obviously. All right, here's here's the deal, Scoop. We're going to um, we're gonna t- we're gonna try something that is, um, I think, would make us pretty adept broadcasters if we can pull this off. And we're going to put Marshall back in. So Marshall joins us. Well, Marshall, what up, Marshall? Can you, hear, can you hear us? I can hear you now. Amen. Okay. So you, <laughs> Marshall, you can hear Scoop now too? Yeah, I can hear Scoop now. Okay. He, t- he Marshall told me in the chat a minute ago that he could hear everybody but you. So what I was, what I was going to do, and this could be um, an audition for like future TV work for all of us, was have Scoop talk – Jeff and I could facilitate, let Marshall make sure Marshall knew what the hell Scoop was saying. He's going to be the moderator, huh? Yeah, okay, right. So let's, nice. Here we let's go. reset. Let's reset. But here's this year. I'm going to, I'll, 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 I'll facilitate this reset and I'm going to hop out. I, before you get back to it, I do think Jeff's question is a good one. So I'll ask it, which is, and again, we're on breakfast here on the Heavy on Patriots Facebook page. Marshall, what do you make of the Patriots QB situation? Who do you expect to be QB one for New England Week One, and what can Patriot fans expect out of Cam Newton? And then, then I'll uh, I'll head backstage with that. Good, good question. Um, if you've uh, if you know anything, and you guys do, I, I, I should I shouldn't just give that up like that. They know, mm-hmm. uh, although Bill Belichick has been there forever. Sometimes when you're a fan, you don't really pay attention to the things that your coach do. You just enjoy the success. Success. Anything that beats Bill Belichick, he adapts to it, and and that becomes his calling card. He figured out last year 
that 11 on 11 football was the hardest thing in the world to beat. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson kicked his butt. <laughs> Can't beat yeah. him. Yeah. The way you play football, if that quarterback can handle the physicalness and running the football and can throw the ball, you, you have something. Now, Cam is a better passer than Lamar. Mm-hmm. He's a more physical runner, not as fast. So Belichick saw what teams struggled with. And you are going to see him deploy Cam. Now, don't be surprised if you see other quarterbacks come in the game at times. Bill can do that. Bill, he, he doesn't he doesn't care that, that your feelings doesn't matter to him. Your stats, who you are, does not matter to him. I.e. Tom Brady is gone. <laughs> Why do you think that there's such an apprehension for Cam Newton in New England when you look at comments on Twitter? Is it his style? Is it his pizzazz? Is it something that is it is it is it the epitome of one candidate coming in is completely different than the next. What do you t- what do you make of it? You ready? Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Cam's first of all, he's polarizing. Mm-hmm. Second of all, tell me what black Be starting radio. quarterback you've seen win the job, not not just get the job because somebody's hurt, win the job in New England since the since they've been the Patriots, Boston or New England. You tell me. You tell me. Yeah. Because you typically see that in Philadelphia. Okay. Now. All right. Cool. <laughs> what, 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 what more do you need me to say? And they could, they could act like they could say what they want to say. It looks different to them. Mm-hmm. It's not number 12. It looks different. So they can't hang their hat on it. They, they've hung their hat on number 12, and he's been, since 1999, he's been something that they could rely on. You know, it was like, okay, our quarterback, your quarterback, check. They they got the check on that one. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, uh, I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Obviously, winning is the answer. But what specifically do you think Cam has to do to win people over? Is it just win? Is it is it is it what is it? I don't think he can do enough. You're you're coming behind Tom Brady. What can you do? Mm-hmm. What was he gonna do? Nothing. Serious. This this would be like Kobe Bryant going to play for the Bulls after Jordan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I may think Kobe, I, may Kobe may Kobe rest in heaven, man. But that would have been a tough one. Tell me something. Do you think that Tom Brady shows and proves in Tampa Bay? Well, it, it depends on it depends on it. There's low hanging fruit, right? Like, it, I mean, it's 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 Tampa. Like, come on. Well, let me be let me be specific. So when I look at I have a throwback jersey collection. When I look at when I look at my Joe Montana 49ers, and when I look at my Joe Montana Kansas City Chiefs, I say this is Tom Brady's Kansas City Chiefs Joe Montana moment. Exactly. And here's the thing. And, and this is what you have to understand. Joe Montana, greatness, took the Chiefs to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like Tom Brady, his greatness can take the, the, the Bucks to the playoffs. Now, you need players around you to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. 
that that's just that that's that's just how it is. You and you need you need other things around you. That's real. You are before we got cut off. I was I was segueing into uh, the Super Bowl and your greatness. And as COVID hit, everybody was running for toilet paper. And from a sports perspective, I was thinking about your teammate Kurt Warner and the fact that he was stocking groceries years ago. <laughs> Million dollar question. Why didn't he get an endorsement deal with a toilet paper uh, company throwing, doing commercials, throwing them at the carts? Could you see him doing something like that? You know, man, I think, I think certain times, you know, there's, there, you just want to put some things behind you. Sure. You know, <laughs> you just want to put some things behind you. That's real. That's real. That's real. When I look at my childhood and I look at you, um, I see the 90s. I see you, Emmitt Smith, Barry Sanders. As much as you played in the NFL, I'm sure you are a fan of players. Oh, yeah. Uh, when you look at the GOATs and the GOAT conversation in basketball, people always talk about Michael, they talk about Kobe, they talk about LeBron. Comparatively, in the NFL, in your era, where do you place yourself? with the Barry Sanders, Emmitt Smith. So the three, your top three. Um, I mean, I'm always consider myself the best. Mm -hmm. That's just, that's just how I, I look at myself. But he, here's, here's, um, here's how I rank myself. And if anybody ever, ever want to know, you know, when I, when I play, what, what, I, how I looked and viewed what I did and what I wanted and how I wanted you to look at me. Mm -hmm. See, when you when you saw Barry and you saw Emmett, you saw running backs. Mm -hmm. um, when you saw me, you saw a football player. Mm. And this is taking nothing away from them, because in their era, that when they played, that's what they asked them to do. Mm -hmm. But I changed the narrative. I didn't want. I mean, I grew up. I played quarterback, receiver. I returned, kicked, punt. I played defense. And just as playing baseball was boring when you played in the outfield and you only got the bat maybe once if your team was bad, unless if your team was good, you know, you, you might get the bat like five, six times a game, mm -hmm. maybe three times if your team bad. Right. I didn't like it. So I wanted to be around the action. So I moved around. So for me, being able to move around on the football field, being versatile, being a football player, not just a running back. That that's what I wanted to be. That's what I was. I felt that you were ahead of your time though, because I feel like there's a lot of guys that play like you now. But I feel like Brian Westbrook was the bridge. Uh no, no, no. I'm 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 gonna take you I wasn't ahead of my time. The time was before me. It just wasn't recognized. There were, Thurman Thomas did it before me. Um, uh, Ronnie Harmon did it before me. I mean, James Brooks did it before me. There was guys who did it before me. Don't, don't, don't. I mean, Roger Craig did thousand, thousand before me. Right. Guys did it before me. It was, it was just like this. You didn't pay attention to it. Larry Sinners was a fullback who did it before me. You just didn't pay attention to it because 
they didn't mix it up as much as I did. Mm-hmm. So, so I didn't just play third down. I did it on first and second, and I did it on third. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's when that whole thing kind of kind of came into play. No, and, that's and, and 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 here's the thing. Um, the separation between Brian and I was when you come in and you are second overall pick, <laughs> you know, you are the you, hey, this is your offense. They're trying to stop you. And then you add this element to the game, it's totally different compared to you, you're just a part of the offense, and then you become this. You know, we didn't know. I mean, obviously, if you knew Brian, if you if you was from that area, you knew who Brian was. Mm-hmm. And because of a lot of the things that was done and how we did them, Andy Reid was like, oh, yeah, we're doing this with Brian Westbrook. <laughs> the Giants was like, oh, yeah, we're doing this with Tiki Barber. This right. looks fun. Right, right. Peyton Manning, how much did you make his job easier? How much and vice versa playing for the Colts? I'm going to say at that point in time, I was making his job easier in a, in a sense that just confirming the things that he that he worked on, the things that he believed in. That's all. I mean, it, 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 you just you couldn't come in and be more prepared. You, you couldn't. The, the dude was prepared. Mm-hmm. It was just, you know, the game and understanding the game and the, the speed of the game and everything. That That's all he needed. And that's why, boom! It was it was in no time. He you, you saw him as you saw him. Mm-hmm. You know he was the college game was actually too predictable, and 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 it didn't allow Peyton to be who he really was. Because in college, you had to slow the game down, because the guys coming in college they weren't advanced enough. But when he got to the pro level, and it was like, oh, so everybody get to study. On mm-hmm. football, they don't have to go to class. They don't have to do this, <laughs> and we get to dedicate this much. And he could be mad at you if you mm-hmm. miss a check. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> to me, talking to various teammates of Kobe Bryant, and, and then talking to Kobe Bryant himself while he was alive, I'm fascinated by. You know, they say when you do a job and you're fascinated with it, it's not work. Um, to me, I feel as though Kobe and Peyton Manning were on that same wavelength. Um, how fascinated was Peyton in the game of football uh, when you guys were teammates in Indianapolis? To watch to watch a rookie quarterback start every game. I mean, to throw the amount of interceptions he threw, and to not lose confidence. Do you understand how many young guys, if they were, if how many young guys? had the first year that Peyton had and they never came back from that. Mm -hmm. Or if you go to the wrong coach, if you go to a defensive minded coach, you never become the guy you were supposed to. They take, they strip you of that and they take, they limit you. They don't allow you to make those mistakes. Mm -hmm. No, that's real. When you play for the Colts, I was fascinated by the fact that after you signed your $17.2 million contract and received the $5.1 million bonus, you responded by rushing for 12,000, over 12,000 yards. I'm curious to know, two-part question, what was in your Wheaties? And back then, 
What was your song that you listened to in your headphones before the game? Two good questions, all right. First of all, um, I grew up in the projects. We didn't eat Wheaties, all right? Yes, sir. No Wheaties. No Wheaties in the projects. Uh, I was raised on King Vitamins mm -hmm. and Kabooms. Mm -hmm. Anybody out there know what that is? You know King Vitamins and Kabooms. Yes. Those were the government cereal. Um, and uh, and uh, my song before I played, it was Mystical, Here I Go, all the time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. New Orleans legend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Every time. And and rip you from your to your appetite. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that when you talk to a lot of different players, you, you hear in, in various sports, either being slighted by your draft selection or your team not seeing your value uh, are the two motivators that keep you along for a long time. You look at Michael Strahan, he was not highly, highly regarded. You know, he was drafted, I believe he was a second rounder guy, but he had a phenomenal career. What kept you motivated? Was it growing up in the projects? Was it being slighted and people saying what you couldn't do? What kept that fire under you all those years? Um, it, it was it was funny. So you so so actually, I, I I didn't really have a reason to be, you know, but I made one up. Mm -hmm. I literally made one up because um, growing up, uh, the sad part about winning awards when you grow up in the projects is you can't afford awards, so you just kind of get. You MVP, so you're MVP. Yeah, you yeah. MVP. You don't actually get a trophy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. trophies. Yeah. It's like you know the bank. It wasn't a banquet. You just like at the gym. They just called your name. Like, oh yeah, you was the MVP. That's it. You mm -hmm. stood up. Yeah, you didn't get. You know, we didn't get trophies. So, so I never really played for the trophy. But um, but the thing that pissed me off the most was um, was with with ESPN Lee Corso did when they threw Garrison Hurst into the Heisman race against me mm -hmm. to pit two running backs against each other so Gino Toretta could run away with the Heisman. You know, so they, they ate up our votes. Now they could have threw another quarterback in there. Yeah. I mean they could have they could have hyped up Heath Schuler. Mm -hmm. He was having a good year at Tennessee. But instead they threw Garrison Hurst in the mix. And and you know they they knew what they were doing, and um, and then the next year uh, they did the same thing with Charlie Ward, mm -hmm. you know. And then my freshman year, when I when I really tore it up, they said a freshman couldn't win, and they gave it to Desmond, who really didn't even play offense barely. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was a return guy, which that's like if you think about it, when you're when you're a returnman, you're not even you're not even playing against the real defense. Mm -hmm. But you know, I want to take anything away from Des. Yeah. It is what it is. You were the fastest player to gain 16,000 yards from scrimmage in 129 games. Um, in today's football uh, era, you got a certain quarterback with the Ravens who's putting up numbers in his own right. Do you see uh, any quarterback in the NFL that can match your speed when you played? That's a tough one, man. Oh. I don't know. That, that's a good question. It's hard to 
we're, we're going to have to just just wait and see. <laughs> We'll have to wait and see on that one. Do you think Lamar Jackson will repeat his his run this coming season like he did last year? Uh, in order for him to repeat it, he's going to have to prove that 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 he can pocket pass efficiently enough because teams are going to make them do that. Mm-hmm. Michael Vick to me, I think, was pretty close speed wise. It's fast, man. <laughs> when you played for the Rams, St. Louis was lit. You had Nelly, the St. Lunatics. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What with was the, that? With the, with, with the number one song, with I Am Number One. How you going to have the number one song with the number one team, with the song that's I'm number one? That's just crazy. <laughs> All at the same time. That's crazy. Did you get the chance to sit on set for any of Nelly's videos? Oh yeah, I was in I, I was in the Air Force One video. I'm at the video in the video. Yeah. What was that scene like? Who else was on the set? Yeah, no, I'm gonna keep that to myself. That, okay. Those kind of things. <laughs> those. Kind of, <laughs> you, you know, I'm friends with a lot of people, and, I, yes. and I'm still friends with them for a reason. Next question, as Russell Westbrook would say, <laughs> when you look at the NFL's uh, running backs today, Saquon Barkley um, stands out. Ezekiel Elliott. What about Ezekiel Elliott um, in Dallas do you like this season? This season, last season, every season that he's going to be there, uh, he's the bell cow. And, and he, he, here's the reality, okay? They are going to they, – they have to um, present Dak with the opportunities to throw the football because that's – know that the great year they're going to be. But the question is, Dak had an amazing year last year, but the Cowboys didn't. Now, if you ask me, what do I give up? Okay, I'm going to let Dak have all of those yards because that doesn't win games for them. So somehow, some way, with Dak, and they have to find out. That's why he brought a new coach in. How does these? How do we get these yards to equal touchdowns to equal wins in the passing game? Because the running game, he's the bell cow. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, if he touches, if he touched the ball 25 times a game, the Cowboys are are 95 percent of the time they're winning that game. If he's below 15, they're losing. Mm-hmm. Is Dak Prescott the Cowboys quarterback of the future? Yes. He's, he, has, he has earned that right. He has earned it. He has earned the money already. And, and he's next man up. Why do you? He was, hold, hold on one second. Let me make okay. sure I say this. Let me okay. make sure I say this. If he was Kirk Cousins, Alex Smith, or any of these other quarterbacks, other, he'd be paid already. Mm -hmm. Other, Matthew Stafford, Bradford, Carson Wentz, he'd be paid already. He's playing under a $31.4 million franchise tag this season after failing to come to uh, to terms on a long-term extension in July. 
If you're the owner of the Cowboys, what is he worth numerically? Well, here, here's here's what he's worth. Who's their backup? I don't even know. That's what he's worth. <laughs> Put the damn backup out there. And <laughs> Put, the damn, Put the damn backup out there and see what he's worth. That's 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 real. I think um, people forget that it's not like a situation. I talked about Philadelphia. I went to college out in that area years ago. Um, you know, you had McNabb and then you had Vic. And when McNabb was let go and then he ended up going to the Redskins, you had Vic and Vic put on a show. It's not like that in Philadelphia. But but hold hold away. Let's let's just back up. See, there was no let McNabb go until you had Vic. Exactly. Agreed. Someone told me in an interview that Patrick Mahomes is the Magic Johnson of the NFL. Do you subscribe to that theory? Hmm. Wow, that's a great analogy. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't bestow that on the young kid. You got to understand what Magic came into in, in, in 79 when he went to the Lakers. I mean, the team that he went to, how, I mean, that was a good team that he went to. People don't understand that. Kareem, so, Byron Scott. No, Byron wasn't there yet. Kareem. Uh, um, just just listen. That was a good team he went to. <laughs> he, he went to a good team. Yeah. And and if you if you just look at, um, you know, and Mahomes came to a good team. I mean, they 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 were playing good. Alex Smith was a was was a you know playoff caliber quarterback. I uh, just came off the NFC Championship with the 49ers. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, and um, yeah, I mean. Um, if if you think about it in in that perspective, yes, but but if you if if you're talking about magic as a finished product compared to, you know this 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 kid who you know, I mean, and and and, and let's be real because I analyze football from reality. Mm-hmm. Um, second quarter, middle of the third, kid was shaky. Now, hmm. it wasn't until it wasn't until. Uh, like somebody reminded Jimmy Garoppolo how much money he made, and he had to start throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that the, that the weight shifted back onto him. Sure, but but Mahomes was looking a little shaky. People, uh, and 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 I'm, listen, he broke out of it. He made some throws. Now it was some I trust you throws. It was some balls that was caught. It was some I trust you throws. And his guys made some catches. And that's what you need. That's what that's what has to happen. But all in all, um, I don't want to give him. I don't want to come on magic. I mean, magic. <laughs> the analogy lies in him going to that team and magic going to the Lakers. I'm a, I'm gonna keep it there. That's that's real. Do you think that the 49ers, uh, when you look at the 49ers and the Chiefs, um, what did the 49ers have to do? Um, to make that that transition in the Super Bowl and win it. Well, they have to get there again. And they have to be in that same situation and Garoppolo has to complete that one pass. <laughs> Here here's here's the reality. B, let's let's just let's just be real, man. Um 
They protected him. They they knew they knew he was a liability, and they knew under pressure what they they found out as the season went on. Mm-hmm. You know the game the game against New Orleans. He threw a couple of balls up. DBs fell out. They knew. They found out. And um, until he until he can deal with that pressure, and and there's a, and let me say this: there's a lot of quarterbacks in the league that can't deal with that pressure. The pressure. Let me let me explain. The pressure that Patrick Mahomes dealt with. Patrick Mahomes was like, "Hold on, wait. I'm supposed to be the show. This is on me. I got to make these throws." Carson Wentz don't deal with it. Kirk Cousins don't deal with it. A lot of these guys, they're they're not they're not dealing with it. it's the, it's the big boy throws that 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 we used to see Peyton making when he need to. We used to see Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers make it, Roethlisberger. They make those throws. That's why we mention those names when they when they get in those moments. They make those throws. These young guys that we're watching now, we have to see them make not 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 have the not have something manufactured where they throw a little screen pass and the and it, you know long run no 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 i want to see i want to see you throw i want to see the hundred dollar i mean the hundred million dollar quarterback make the throw you're supposed to make your franchise do you see antonio brown suiting up for a team this season i hope so i'm, I'm hoping so he needs football what team i'm scared you? for him without football yeah i sat down with antonio uh, at the beginning of the year and this was before tom ended up going to the Patriots and there was a thought process that, you know, he and Tom would find their way together in Tampa. Two part question. Do you think it's realistic that he still could? And if not Tampa, then who? If not Tampa, I think the only two teams, the only two teams that he can go to, um, Dallas, in New Orleans. That's, yes. that's the only two teams. Yeah. You are a Saints legend, or excuse me, you are a, a St. Louis Rams legend. Um, I would imagine that for people who were in, like, in Seattle who saw the Supersonics go to Oklahoma City, they were disappointed. You having your number 28 jersey retired by the Rams, was it weird to see the Rams go to LA or were you disappointed? Well, it, it wasn't weird to me because that's like so going to college at San Diego State. That's where I remember seeing the Rams. Mm-hmm. I remember it. So being from New Orleans, watching the Rams play the Saints, Eric Dickerson in L.A. That's that's how I remember them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think ninety five when they moved, or ninety ninety five when they moved, which was my second year in the league. That was like. You know, I was like, wow, a team moved, you know, so that was, you know, I was, I was in the league at that point in time. So I understood what happened and um, I get it. I understand, you know, things happen, man. This, this, it, pe- people forget that this is, this is big business. This is big business. Yeah. What do you, what are your expectations for the Rams this season? It, it, it's it's hard to say. Normally, I, I'd watch I'd watched them by now, and I'd see because for me la- last year they they just too many injuries on the offensive line for me. You know, you go you go one you go one year you make it to the Super Bowl, and you have 
they didn't have one 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 chain. Their offensive line was together the whole year. Mm-hmm. And then last year, I don't think they started the same offensive line back-to-back games. You lose Roger Saffold to free agency, and then things just change. People don't understand how important consistent offensive line play. And I'm not just talking about, like, playing well, but having the same guys play together. That's real. Steve McNair died some oh, years ago. Man. You played against his team in the Super Bowl. Yeah. What was your relationship with him? Did you guys have a relationship uh, outside of the football field? Yeah. Yeah, we, we did because um, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, Steve was from uh, from Mississippi and then me being from from um, uh, New Orleans, we were we and we, we're we're about the same age. I think I think I'm a year, maybe a year, maybe two years older than him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we were at a lot of football camps together, so I I knew about Steve, heard a lot about him, and stuff like that, and um, was just impressed at his at his flight, man. If and people and and I know you guys talk about Vic, and you guys talk about. <laughs> and, and they talk about um, Lamar, but in in this now league that you, if you saw if you saw Air McNair, oh my God, <laughs> people don't understand the man. <laughs> the, the, that was a hard running brother who dished it out, and and we we're talking about a prolific passer. Yeah. Do you, who did he remind you of then, and who reminds you of him now? I, I haven't seen anybody that I mean. It just let me think. I just uh, that, uh, there's there's no there's no like nobody like that. I mean, just to. The dude, the dude would throw the ball with just people hanging on him. I mean, I don't think you understand how strong. Just it, it was, it was unbelievable what he was able to do, the hits he was able to take, or how he would shed people off and just throw the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable to watch, just to watch him play. I was, I was in awe. And the last drive in the Super Bowl, I mean, I couldn't even watch. I couldn't even watch. I was just like, oh, my God, I had my head down in my hands. I was just like, because his greatness and what he was and what he brought to the game, people don't understand. It's hard to be a quarterback, but to go from the swack to the NFL to Super Bowl, it just don't happen. The chips are stacked against you. Yeah, which, which kind of alludes or segues to my next question, the Rooney Rule. In today's day and age, you see what's going on with the NBA and you're seeing what's going on with the bubble as it relates to players striking and now they're back in there. If, if Nas made a song called If I Ruled the World, if you ruled the world for the day, how would you change or how would you amend the Rooney Rule? Um, well, un- let, let, let's just say this, all right? Until there's a black owner in the room, then all of those rules we don't know, like they 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 they're not they have no validity because we have no voice in that room. Mm-hmm. You 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 know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like there's just no if there's no black owner, then the conversation is mute. 
Like you, you, hey, we'll, we'll, if you hire a bot, if you hire a bot, we'll give you a bonus. Hey, what? <laughs> you gonna... <laughs> uh, You're from New Orleans. <laughs> if, if the Saints became available, would you have interest in buying them? No, nah, no, nah, I, I, I don't want to as, as now monetarily, that's a great thing to have. You know, that, that's, you know, that's, that's generational wealth, but just the idea of being an owner of other men is, um, it, it just doesn't rest well with me. What keeps you going these days? You are very entrenched in business, and I don't want to sell you short. What you, you do commentating? What for you keeps you going being away from football? Um, uh, being financially literate, I, I, I realized that I was not up to par. Um, and it's just crazy, man. I, you know, this the, the the world that we live in, the things that they teach us, all the schooling that we get, you get a college degree, and they don't, and, and and you 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 can have a business degree and still not know financial literacy, and then the people who work for you, and handle your money, they're not going to teach you because scarcity of a job and so that's what we do man i literally sit down and i teach people financial literacy and i want them to know they don't have to pay for it we just want you to know we want you to understand how your money works for you a couple more questions you talked about knowing the rams and you know being in la you playing for san diego are the lakers winning the championship this year i mean why not i mean they've assembled they they have like like <laughs> damn they're every misfit from the league right like <laughs> like they they basically they basically mortgaged their future for the next they'll look like the Cleveland Cavaliers in five years right they right yeah <laughs> so yeah I'm just saying like. I mean, just you just you just gotta look at the trail. I love LeBron. I think that he's an amazing athlete, but you just have to look at, you know, when 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 like the collection of talent that he needs to be great, when he's no longer there, those players are not players that you can leave on the team and they're gonna make the team better. If Marshall Falk is the best thing since sliced bread. What's sliced bread? <laughs> man, I love me some sliced bread. I love me some sliced bread. I love me some sliced bread. Are we talking with jam? Some... Are we talking with Nutella? What are we talking? Just, just plain? Just, just plain sliced bread. That's it. I don't need nothing else on it. It's Philly. Spilling. <laughs> Last question. Best piece of advice that you've ever received from your childhood that still carries into business and life today? Oh man. Um, and this is my, my high school coach, uh, 
um, at the time he, when he told me this, I get the chills every time I think about this. At the time he told me, I was a, a sophomore. I was a sophomore and he knew I was going places. Um, Cause as a freshman, I played varsity. He put me, like I, I played for the varsity team as a freshman. Mm-hmm. And um, my sophomore year, you know, he, he called me and, and he said, uh, <laughs> he said, um, if you're traveling down the road and there's no speed bumps, you're probably headed for a dead end. And at the point in time, man, I had no idea what that meant. No idea what that meant. And then I, and then, and then as life, as life has it, you, you, you know, you get money, things going great. Everything's good. You're smooth sailing and you make a decision and you feel like, oh, this is easy. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Those speed bumps in life, you pay the price to get the knowledge. And that knowledge lets you know that the journey is what it is. But if that road is smooth, oh, something coming. Yeah. Oh, something coming. Yeah. Something coming. If you don't pay the price for it, something coming. And it took me, it took me a while to put it all together. And I remember I remember when I when I when I was traveling down that smooth road and I hit that dead end and I called him and he was like, he I was like, coach, man, I'm oh man. He was like, Traveling down the road, and I was like, "Oh," he said, "I knew you were gonna call one day." Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just funny, man. It's funny. Yes, sir. Well, here's the good news: minus the technical difficulties and everything in between, you are off the hot seat, sir. I appreciate you coming on today. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate of course, it. Of course, man. I'll talk to you soon. Right on. And this is Scoopy Radio saying, you bring the coffee and I'll bring the Dunkin'. Come on! My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.